This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. In a matter of minutes, we'll get into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. After that, we'll have Kalani Brown, the newest member of the LV Aces, join the show. And then Paloma Villacon at 3.30 will join us to talk all things UNLV. And uh, glad to have that. Well, I just want to tell a little behind-the-scenes story real quick. DeMond hung up on our callers. He said his, uh, he, he, and he called them sausage fingers, hung up on them on accident. But Big Jose decided to call us back. Big Jose in San Jose. Welcome to the show, my man. Appreciate you. My man Q, King Kong ain't got nothing on you, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Out here on the streets of, right? Yes, sir. On the streets of East San Jose, the same streets that brought you Jim Plunkett, Angela Johnson, and Heidi Fang, bro. There you, you go. Yes, sir. Hey, in regards to the question about who we'd like to see as number one, I don't think we need a big fancy number one, a big splash. I love old, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., but he's going to stay in L.A. because of the injury and the leverage that they got on him. But why not get, you know, Chris Goodwin or Scotty Miller? That would be legit. And um, as far as who we bring back, got to bring back that, you know, Alec Ingold and and, and, uh, Jacobs because that's a two-headed monster, man. I mean, I want to see me some more spider two-eyed banana (laughs) and get them involved in that. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And then to bring back on the defense side, Thailand and Solomon Thomas. Nice. That's what I I like. Okay. I like it. All right, baby. Talk to you later. All right, brother. There you go. Big Jose in San Jose representing, man, going out there and going out there to the taco trucks, man, go out there to Story. I'm telling you, we used to go by Basket Robbins and then the taco truck. That was like our one-two shot. Basket Robbins, taco truck. Basket Robbins, taco truck. That was our spot. At the same day? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get the ice cream and tacos? No, no, I got a cappuccino blast. It gave me energy. It gave me coffee and tacos. That's the only coffee I drink is cappuccino blast. It's great. And then you go and get some tacos from the taco stand. Yeah, that's where all the ladies hang out anyway. Told you the story before. I'm a ladies man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Take your word for it. The ladies might not have hung out too much longer after that cappuccino and the tacos. I get what you're saying. Got the iron stomach. Hey, brother. You know you got to do it how you do it. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, we'll go ahead and scatter through some, some notes real quick. The Bengals, they announced that they have Zach Taylor under contract through the 2026 season. They gave him a nice contract extension. This dude has to go 17-0 next season to be a 500 coach. 17-0, but he was just in the Super Bowl, so there you go. You know what I mean? So now he's, he's getting a contract extension, which is great. You know, you go to the Super Bowl, you deserve to get something. But uh, uh, got that contract extension. It makes me think back when when Jack Del Rio led the Raiders to the playoffs, and then they immediately gave him a contract extension. I was like, ah, I thought you might want to wait at least a year, one more year, make him go back to back. Let him do it twice. You know what did we say earlier? What did we say about Jim Harbaugh earlier in the show? Do it again. Yeah, got to prove it. Do it again. You know, it's so many so many teams and organizations will reward someone after one time. Do it again. You don't want to let a a Super Bowl. Contending Look, coach before, get away. Hey, brother, before this year, Zach Taylor, half the fan base hated that dude. Yeah. Half the fan base hated him. I mean, we had Jay Morrison on here, I, and I asked him specifically, is, is Zach Taylor the guy? Ah, still on the fence about him. And I'll say this. He showed his coaching 
youth or immaturity in the Super Bowl. He made some bad decisions. Like third and one, I'm not running Samaje P. Ryan. I'm not. Got Joe Mixon right there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And he even admitted that that was a bad call. That was his bad. So, anyway, Zach Taylor gets a contract extension. As far as uh, Joe Burrow goes, he suffered a sprained MCL, so that's good. At least it's not a tear. He doesn't have to have surgery. But uh, we all knew that he was pretty injured and banged up that knee. Uh, he suffered a sprained MCL. And I'll tell you right now, if you're a Cincinnati and you're that fan base, you're screaming from the mountaintops, go get offensive line. You have to protect Joe Burrow or he's going to turn into David Carr or he's going to turn into Andrew Luck or he's going to turn into insert any quarterback that got beat up by having no protection. Go get him some protection. But he just showed he could do it without an offensive no, line. No, he didn't. He did not. If he had an offensive line, I think that they win that Super Bowl. If he, had, if he didn't get sacked seven times, they probably win. The dude got sacked seven times. On the last play, when Aaron Donald wrecked that play, and he just flung it out there and almost, almost completed made it, it happen. Jamar Chase was wide open. He had beat Jalen Ramsey again. That was a game-winning walk-off touchdown. Didn't happen. Didn't have no time. Go get him some protection. Someone call up Magnum and get him a deal and get him some protection. Oh, <laughs> Like, you're so you're so late on that one. Yeah, I really was. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that one a good one. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey in the new Jackass movie. Went to go see it last night. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that why you left your wallet here? Or did you leave your wallet here in the morning? In the morning when I came back to put oh. the show up. Oh, okay. Man, how you leave your wallet around, man? You can't be doing that. I came in at seven in the morning. I dipped it right after. It was like a quick boom, boom. All right. Well, I'm glad you got it back. If somebody wanted to take those thirteen dollars, <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> hey, look, man. As a guy who just had his backpack stolen. <laughs> Don't 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 leave it the chance because somebody will do it. Not knowing your guy McDaniel's the new head coach there in uh, in Miami. McDaniel. McDaniel. Excuse me. No S. Yes, Mike McDaniel. Sorry, don't want to get it wrong. All of a sudden, Demond is his favorite. That's his favorite coach ever. Never even knew he existed until until he gets hired and he finds out that he's got a, an ounce of black in him. Then all of a sudden, Demond's like, "Hey, that's my guy." Anyway, he's fired up and excited about Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, if you remember, as a rookie, had 104 catches uh, with the with the Miami Dolphins, 1,015 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he's excited about him. And if you remember uh, McDaniel, what he was able to do as an OC in San Francisco, who did he have there as a weapon? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, who every team would love to have a Debo Samuel, right? A guy that could just do about anything. But the problem is there ain't a lot of Debo Samuels. That's why he's so special. There's one. But he's excited about about Waddle, and and this is this is the word that he said. I'm not a fantasy football guy, but he said I think you should start Waddle on the fantasy football team. So that lets you know that Waddle's going to be a guy that they're going to use early, and they're going to use him often. And don't expect him to catch a wide receiver screen pass in his own end zone like uh, the last regime did, and Casey Hayward got him for a safety. Don't think that's going to happen too many more times. But that, counted, that added up to that 104. Yeah, it did. It did, <laughs> and, it only, and and that's why it was only 1,015 yards. Should have been a few more, but that uh that that backwards pass, that that little screen pass, uh, didn't do too well. But uh, yeah, expect to see a lot of production, a lot of usage out of Jalen Waddle. And I'll tell you, man, he was one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of Alabama. I thought that that dude, and unfortunately, he was he was hurt. You know, he, he if he hadn't, what did he do? Break his leg or tear his ACL? It was one of the two. It was either broke his leg or tore, tore his ACL during the middle of the season, and that's what made Devontae Smith. And he was the Heisman Trophy winner until he hurt himself, and then Devontae Smith became the guy. So can you imagine having both of them on the field at the same damn time? Alabama at one point had that. That's crazy. They had them all. Yep. It must have been a broken leg because he played in the national championship yeah, game. He was able to come back. Yeah, yes. so it was a broken leg. It was a broken leg. But still, man, that's that's going to be big time right there. Uh, they got to get that quarterback position figured out, though. Miami's got to figure out that quarterback position. Mike McDaniel position. believes in Tua. Yeah, he believes in them right now. 
If Mike McDaniel thinks he's the guy, he's the guy. Right now. He was able to do he look what they were able is to do. Is he Mr. Right or is he Mr. Right now? He's Mr. Right. Okay. I'm glad you said that. You don't tank for tour. You I feel like you can't run the whole tank for tour campaign and all that good stuff. And then after a couple of years, man, man, I don't know if we really need this guy. I know you have to do it in the business of football. I don't think they should have picked him. Okay. I, well, I think they picked the wrong quarterback they when they sure, had the chance. They sure did. They could have had Herbert. But Mike McDaniel's gonna rectify the situation. All right, well, we'll see. The My Vikings, brother. they officially hired Kevin O'Connell today. He was the Rams offensive coordinator. This is not a surprise, but we all knew at some point after the Super Bowl he was gonna get hired. He became the official OC today, or the official uh, head coach, excuse me, of the Minnesota Vikings. And speaking of the Vikings, Deshaun Watson is in the conversation again. He's back in the news. He apparently is starting to put together another list of teams that he would be okay going to. Remember, he has a no-trade clause. So any team that the Texans try to trade him to, they have to approve of the trade and including in those teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings. So a team that plays indoors and a team that plays in the hot weather. So, or nice weather at least in Tampa Bay. So I know there's a lot that has to go into Deshaun Watson before he ever gets traded anywhere. And I don't know how quickly it's going to happen. We talk to John McClain every week. And I mean, until those 22 assault situations uh, are, are, are rectified and taken care of, he's not going anywhere. But what do you think about Deshaun Watson in Minnesota or Tampa Bay? Do any of those two teams, do they, uh, do they do anything for you? I'm sure off the field stuff, like, sets to the side, I'm sure they both want him. Tampa, they probably like, hey, we, we still, right. our window's still open if they can get a Deshaun Watson-type talent. Minnesota, <laughs> I'm sure they would love to get rid of Kirk Cousins because who wouldn't? I, they've, they've given him so much money. They've given him so much money. Every, th- every dime he's got since he's Legend been in Minnesota has bank. been all guaranteed. Think about that. Every penny he's gotten has been guaranteed since he's been there. And they've given him contracts twice now. I'd walk around the building and just play that Money, Money, Money song as soon as I, everywhere I man, step, you think just play it on the loudspeakers. I'll tell you what, man. Derek Carr catches a lot of hell. But, boy, if he was Kirk Cousins making the money that Kirk Cousins has raked in since being in Minnesota, they would, people would never stop talking about that dude. They'd be, they'd be raking him over the coals. Right, hey, look, Derek, like I said, Derek Carr's got it bad at times. He ain't got it Kirk Cousins bad. Now, Kirk Cousins is, is rich. I mean, he's got all the money in the world. But, man, his production, compared to the money he's making, is just not there. Exactly. Kirk, you threw three interceptions today. The check still clears. Right. Right. He ain't worried. You like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Guaranteed money. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's uh, man, I'll tell you, that's something. He, he, uh, he, is, he is one in the game of life when it comes to getting that money. He, he sure has. Uh, how about this? How about former Raiders running back Tyrone Wheatley? He's officially hired today by the Denver Broncos as their running back coach. Now, he was at, uh, at Morgan State the last three years, but he is now in the AFC West as a running backs coach. And it's funny because I, I, I felt some kind of way about it. You know what I mean? Because Tyrone Wheatley is a great guy. He's been on Radio Nation Radio with 920 before. I wanted to reach out to him and get him on the show, but then he's a Denver Broncos running back coach. It's like, damn, I don't know if we really could do that. I don't know if you could have a Denver Bronco on there, you know, current Denver Bronco on here. Talking about anything, but uh, yeah, man, Tyrone Wheatley, uh, it's kind of bittersweet. I'm happy for him because he's got an opportunity, but he's in the AFC West now as a Denver Broncos running back coach. So congratulations to, to Coach Wheatley, and then that's it. <laughs> congratulations, but now you're dead to me. Well, you can just talk about the good old days. Just right. have him on two. Be like, yeah, I can't talk about anything in the present. Right. No, no, you can't. And I'm 2000 sure 2000 was a good year. And, and now that he's officially signed on with the Broncos, of course, they're going to, you know, they're going to have to go through their PR people and all that. So I didn't want to put him in a bad position, but I, I'm happy for him. He's in the NFL. He's doing his thing. And, and there's only 32 teams. So if he got an opportunity to be a coach, that's great. Once a Raider, always a Raider, right? Isn't that what they say? 
You just got to go up against them a couple times a year. Um, my final note here for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day, and then we'll get to Kalani Brown, uh, her, our conversation with her. Uh, the Falcons, they released Dante Fowler today. He uh, actually was uh, going to be released probably at the end of the uh, th- this offseason leading into the next league year, but they, they uh, released him a little bit early. Check this out. He played 14 games last year. Got four and a half sacks. In his career, he's got 35 sacks. Remember, he was an early pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars back in like 2016 or so. The best he's ever done as far as sacks, he got 11 and a half in 2019. Immediately after that 11 and a half sack season, he, took, he signed a three-year, $45 million deal with Atlanta, $23 million guaranteed at signing, $20 million, $29 million total guaranteed, and he's only had two sacks the last two seasons combined. Money, no. money, money, money. Only had seven and a half sacks. Excuse me. Seven and a half sacks the last two seasons combined with the Money. Atlanta. So he goes and gets 11 and a half one year, and then he gets paid, and then he gets seven and a half the next two years combined. Also, what should be noted in that 11 and a half sack season, he played for the Rams. Right. With, with a guy named Aaron Donald right there on the defensive line. So there you go. But as we say all the time on this show, one of the themes of the show is it's always about the money. Guys in contract years play a little bit better. Than they are when they're not in contract years. 2019 for for Dante Fowler, contract year, 11 and a half sacks, overachieved, got paid, crapped out, <laughs> got paid and did nothing, did nothing after that. And so the Atlanta Falcons have released Dante Fowler. He's out on the open market. 317 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Kalani Brown, the newest member of the LV Aces. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone line is a young lady that I watched play ball in college at Baylor. She led the Lady Bears to a national championship, went on to be drafted in WNBA, very high, top 10, and now has been in the league for a couple years and has made a deal with the Las Vegas Aces. That's Kalani Brown. And Kalani, it's been a minute since we talked, but how's everything been going? How you doing? Been going good. It's overwhelming. Um, all the love that I'm getting right now, but I love it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt about it. And I mean, when you go from being, you know, in college and Baylor and the top of the top, then all of a sudden you get to the WNBA, and you know, everyone's a great player. How how's that transition been for you? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. In the beginning, it's been tough, um, but I had to make the decision that I had to want to, and I'm glad I got the second chance with the Aces, and that they're taking a chance on me. Um, because I'm ready to work. <laughs> and you've done, I mean, you've done it at the highest level. You know, you've played at the professional level. You've, you've done it in the States and overseas, but all that is experience. You know, that's all, you're just gaining more experience. And so uh, talking about, you know, wanting to get to work and, and, and learn more. I mean, how, how much has that just kind of driven you, just knowing that, hey, there's still room to grow? Um, I know all, people tell me all the time, I've barely scratched the surface on what I could really do. And I don't feel like I've been in the, you know, in the right um, fit team-wise um, to be utilized in the right way. But I know Becky Hammond is one of the best um, to play this game, so I'm excited to learn so much from her and just be a sponge in this training camp. You know, I'm around a lot of great vets, and I just look forward to being whatever they need for me. Talking right now with the newest member of the Las Vegas Aces, that's Kalani Brown. And, you know, you mentioned Becky Hammond, and you played for a hell of a coach yourself and, and Kim Mulkey at Baylor. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's a lot of experience, a lot of great play. Both uh, coaches were, were players at, at the highest level as mm-hmm. well. So how much do you think uh, you're going to be ready to learn from Becky knowing that you, you learned from Coach Mulkey? I know it's going to be tough. I know that, you know, <laughs> playing for great coaches, 
they have they have certain expectations playing for great coaches they're gonna push you beyond your limits i feel like i haven't been pushed um on this level yet so i think uh becky ham is gonna get that out of me um she's gonna you know make me work hard and i love people that want to push me and believe that in my game well i'll tell you you've got a thing for uh finding really good cities i mean you were uh, in la <laughs> with the sparks you were in atlanta and now you're in las vegas i mean it doesn't get much better than that <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think the West Coast loves me, you know. They love this Southern girl. I don't know what's going on. I don't either, but I like it. I like it. And, I mean, hell, I was, I was in Waco with you when you were at Baylor. Now I'm in Las Vegas. I love every minute of it. And how, how's everything been going with the Athletes Unlimited? I mean, that's been a showcase that, that really has, has helped put a lot of people back on the map. Yeah. I chose I chose Athletes Unlimited um, over going overseas, and I'm glad I really did. Um it gave me the exposure I needed to show, you know, because people haven't seen me play, you know, right. they, they're unsure about me, haven't seen me play. Um, so I kind of utilized this um, opportunity, not just for the platform and what it stands for, but also for the basketball side, you know, just to show people that, hey, like, you know, I'm not out of shape. I'm not, you know, I'm not out of commission. You know, a lot of people thought I was I wasn't going to come back this year. So um, I am deeply grateful to Athletes Unlimited for reaching out to me. Um, this has been a really great great experience thus far so and you're playing against elite talent and WNBA talent which I love <laughs> right no I mean I've been checking out the rosters I've been checking out the the games on the daily you know checking out the the scores and everything and, and I noticed that there's a bunch yeah. of uh, Baylor Lady Bears former Baylor Lady Bears you know out there playing how cool is it to just yeah. play with some Lady Bears as well yeah and that's great you know because me and Dejanay uh we missed each other right so um the fact that I've been on her team the last two weeks, um, I was getting to know her. Um, and you know Odyssey. I was with yep. Odyssey in Atlanta. Um, that was great. <laughs> so we all, like, kind of, you know, been sticking together. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I Again, I, I just I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. And to have it here in, in yeah. Las Vegas has been <laughs> – uh, it's it's been really cool to check out as well. Again, we're talking right now with uh, Kalani Brown here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And how much have you leaned on, on your parents? Obviously, your, your dad, uh, PJ, in the league for a very long time, and your mom uh, obviously played the game as well. How much have you been leaning on them as well just for guidance? Um, especially, I would have to say I've leaned on my mom uh, a whole lot. Um, she's been through – she's heard the phone calls, <laughs> anything, like crying, whatever. Like, my mom has been my coach. Um, and on the high school level, and she too played for Kim, so right. it wasn't easy on me from a young age. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and my dad is that calming factor. You know, my mom right. is like, you know, the rah rah, the fire, and then my dad kind of calms and just, you know, he'll send a subtle text like, put your elbow in on your free throw line, like that's it, you know. Right. And it balances it out. It balances out. It works. I don't know. Um, but if you ask around, my dad is a very quiet person. He's very reserved. He's not. And then my mom is, you know, the fire. Right. <laughs> so when it comes to my game, I get both sides. There you, you know? go. That's a good it's a good balance. It's a good balance to have. You yeah. know, and I noticed one of your tweets the other day and I thought it was really cool. You said that uh I, I didn't have a Valentine's but I got a contract or something like that. Um uh, I, I thought that that was really cool and put everything in perspective that you're about your business. You're about you're about working and and grinding right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted everybody to know that. So, I'm so happy that the Aces even Consider to me, and I'm just ready to get in training camp and work for real, for real. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know how many Aces games you've been to, if any yet, but um, I'll tell you, the atmosphere at the games is incredible. I mean, you you had a great 
atmosphere there at Baylor. You know, obviously Lady Bear fans were go out there mm-hmm. to the Farrell Center and be super loud. And I'll tell you, this experience in Las Vegas with the Aces, you want to talk about a show. It is an absolute yeah. show. I mean, performances, it's it you'll if you haven't been there yet, you're gonna enjoy that atmosphere. I, I promise you. <laughs> That's it's, Oh, I've been and their their fan base is com- it's crazy how how much love the Aces get here in Vegas. I and I'd love that, you know, because not everybody, you know, shows women's sports the amount of respect that it deserves. And I just love the atmosphere in Vegas. I've been there a few times on an away game. Nice. Oh, know? that's right. There you go. So, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> I haven't been on right. well, the actual team. Right. Well, welcome so. to the home team now, right? Welcome to the home team. That's cool. They'll be Thank cheering you. for you. You know, and the other thing <laughs> about it is the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, is obviously the owner of the, the Las Vegas Aces as well. And he mm-hmm. loves and supports women's basketball and really wants to see it flourish. So there's so many members of the Raiders that come out and so many stars that are uh, in town from, you know, wherever. They come out and check out the games as well. So, I mean, you'll, you'll see members of the Jazz there. I mean, that's just how, – how cool is that to get the support from so many different people, from so many di- different entities, just, you know, women's basketball? I think that's so important. I think um, even, the you know, even men coming out to support women's sports, I love that because, you know, they have the, they have the bigger platform – and it shows just how much they care about women's sports and, and what we're doing here. So, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's I'm telling you, it's so much fun. And we broadcast every single game, every Aces game on the radio. So uh, excited to be able to hear that and, and cover you again and, and check out all the action. I did have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about Coach Mulkey. She's doing her thing now at LSU. Have you had a chance to, yeah. to, to see what she's doing? And, and what did you think about the job she's doing there uh, with the Tigers? Oh, I love the job she's doing. I went down um, to a game actually recently they, when they played South Carolina at home mm. and the atmosphere in there was just crazy. Coming from high school, you know, I'm from Slider, Louisiana. So I used to take a lot of unofficial visits to LSU. Like their games were never packed like that, how, how she had it packed. And I'm just like, that's just the electric energy that Kim brings. And I just love that for her. They went from unranked to, I think, number 11 now. And that's she's just a great coach all the way around. This is a Hall of Fame coach. She's turning that program around. And I'm so happy for her and proud that, you know, she's happy. Um, And I I love bringing competitive basketball back to Louisiana. That's right. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) It, no, it really yeah. is, and I'm so happy for her, too. I was a big fan of Kim when she was there at Baylor. She was a great coach. Obviously, you know that, but just kind of fun to to cover and talk to. And how about uh, Alexis Morris? She's there doing her thing as well. Yeah, I've kept in touch with her um, <laughs> throughout all her years. That is my – she gave me the blues as a captain. <laughs> she gave me the blues as a captain, She, you know, but I, I've, I've seen her grow, and I just love – you know, I just lo- I know she loved us and she loves Kim, and I'm glad it came for her. But I keep in touch with her through the Rutgers season, through the, you know, the A and M, and I'm just I'm just a proud captain right now. She's matured so much more. And I love that for her. Nice, nice. Well, I've, I've been paying attention to everything that they've got going on from a distance. Uh, again, I love yeah. being here in Las Vegas. And, and, and Kalani, I think you're going to love being here in Las Vegas as well, playing for the Aces and, and owner Mark Davis as well. So uh, congratulations again. I, I appreciate you, and, and we'll be following you every step of the way. Like I said, welcome to Las Vegas. 
No, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> there she goes right there, Kalani Brown. She's cool people. She is really cool people. Uh, great to get to know her, and I was so happy for her since I covered her at Baylor. It was so great to see her now become a member of the LV Aces. She's been a member of the Sparks, the Dream, and now the Aces, and gets to learn some under under Coach Becky Hammond and coming from Kim Mulkey. Um, she's, she knows what it's like to, to play under a tough, tough coach, and Kim Mulkey is one of the toughest in the game. There's a reason why she's a Hall of Fame coach. So uh, uh, much love to Kalani Brown for joining us right there. 328 is the time when we come back. Paloma Villacana, she's out in the 559 right now. Uh, the Running Rebels, they're taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs tonight. We'll get an update on both coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And all of a sudden, all the players, they come together. Mm -hmm. And they say when we come together, this locker room, and we hit the court at the Thomas and Mac, we are going to lay the smack down on them Lobos. Like that? Exactly. All right. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Joy! I am very happy to be here. Amen. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 3.32 is the time here, and now we got to turn our attention to the UNLV running Rebels. And to do that, we're going to go all the way out to the 559 Fresno, California, where our good friend Paloma Villacana is representing today. She's from Fox 5 Sports, host of the Reb Zone. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. UNLV takes on Fresno State tonight. Uh, how excited is it to be in the, in the 559 representing? She's gone. I did all that for nothing. I lost her. She's not there. Can't hear her. All right, we'll do this again. Hey, you there? Oh, man. I don't know if I can do that again. <laughs> We're going to try it again. She's back. She's back. Okay. All right, she's back. back. Paloma. Back. Paloma there at the 559, man, representing in Fresno, uh, UNLV and Fresno State tonight. Are uh, you excited about this matchup tonight? I am excited. Uh, back on the road with the Running Rebels. We're nonstop. I was telling Coach, you know, when we do the Red Zone, it's really like the only day out of the week that we're we're in Vegas. We're, you know, practicing and, and getting ready for the games. I feel like we've been on the road so much. But the guys are coming off a big, big game against Boise State, you know, going toe-to-toe against top-ranked Boise State. They lost 69-63, but it was a one-possession game, just, mm-hmm. you know, the final seconds on the clock. So that was a fun game to watch and um honestly a lot of the the mountain west coaches that have been you know doing the handshakes with coach kruger after each game they just you know tip their hat to unlv and tell coach kruger you know his guys are playing hard they're right there you know uh we could see them make a splash in the tournament for sure well i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because i know in your latest rep zone uh, episode you had coach kruger on there and you were talking about or he was talking about uh, the guys are just different right now they're firing off a little bit different do you feel like and does he feel like that they are turning that corner and they're starting to come together at the right time yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, in January, we were playing like two weeks straight on the road. And that was low key, like exhausting. Like, you know, we were playing San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, like we were just on the road nonstop. So I think the guys are kind of able to get their legs underneath them. Um, you know, huge to get Donovan Williams back tonight in Fresno. Uh, coach told us he's hopeful that Donovan will be back in the starting lineup tonight. He looks good. He's been practicing with, you know, um, no restrictions this week. And Donovan's a guy that can, you know, bring a huge lift to this team. He puts up 15, 20 points a night. 
So uh, Bryce Hamilton can can chill a little bit and not have to put up 45 points a game. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt about that. And Paloma, the first time that UNLV took on Fresno State, it was here in Las Vegas. They lost. It was a close one, but they lost. So tonight, if they win this game, this is important for multiple reasons. They can actually go ahead in the conference standings uh, ahead of Fresno State. How important is this, this game tonight? And what do you think that the Rebels need to do to win this one? Yeah, I mean, I think the first time around, you know, it was it was a month ago, January 14th, I think was the date they played them. And this is a completely different, you know, running Rebels team we're seeing right now than a month ago. I feel like the guys have found their chemistry, found their rhythm, uh, found their flow offensively. If they get Donovan Williams back tonight, you know, that's huge for them. Uh, you know, Mike Nuga, Justin Webster, Bryce Hamilton, all these guys have been shooting really well lately. And I think their game against Boise State, they're coming off their best game of the season, in, in my opinion, on both ends of the floor. So uh, they got to they gotta contain the, the Vegas native Orlando Robinson, seven feet tall, 235 pounds, huge forward. You know, he was able to put up uh, 24 points against against the running Rebels earlier when they, they met the first time around. So... Uh, they definitely have Orlando Robinson circled, and he's a Vegas guy. So, um, you know, good to see him him ball out, but still UNLV wants to take him down tonight. So I think right now we're seeing the running Rebels play their best basketball of the season. Um, and if they can just keep that juice flowing and, and keep going, they got Colorado State on Saturday at home at the Thomas and Mac. So a win tonight, they could carry that juice over to Saturday. Right. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon. Yeah, so Paloma, you work with Coach every week on the Reb Zone. How is he feeling about this team in conference play, and how does he feel that they match up with some of the be- better teams in the conference? Uh, UNLV? Yes, UNLV. Yeah, I think I think he's starting to hear from. Well, I, I shouldn't say he's starting to hear, but every coach in the Mountain West has has told you know Coach Kruger that his guys can play and they're they they're fighting, they're they're playing hard. Uh, you know, Mike Nuga and, and uh, all these guys, you can just see how how hard they're playing. So I think right now, you know, coming off that Boise State loss, I think they're they got their groove. I think they're clicking. You know, Don, if they get Donovan Williams back tonight. You know, that's huge. Obviously, Bryce Hamilton has been going on a streak, like just pouring out 30 points a game. So, uh, you know, great to have Bryce Hamilton ball out like that, but huge to have Donovan Williams come back in and, and, and put up points too. So that's, that's huge for, for UNLV. And yeah, Coach Kruger says he likes, he likes the energy. He likes the fire. He likes that hunger mentality he's seeing from his guys. And, you know, it's, it's February 16th. Like it's, it's go time. Put on the gas. You know, March is right around the corner. So I think the guys are, are starting to feel that fire within. Yeah. How, how excited, uh, or can you get an idea of how fired up the, the, the guys are? Because the Mountain West Conference, I just applied, applied for credentials. So, you know, that means it's around the corner. It's <laughs> right around the corner. How excited are they for that tournament? Yeah, and to be honest, this whole conference, I mean, all these teams are, are really, really good. Coach Kruger was saying, you know, he, he played in this conference, he's coached in this conference. He's told us this is the best basketball he has seen, like, ever in his time playing in the Mountain West. So, uh, you know, the tournament's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Right. You know, last year there were no fans uh, due to COVID. There were no fans at the Thomas and Mac, mm. and it was like – just a different vibe, like so kind of like scrimmage type of feel, right. like just really like low key and, and, and 
sad, but this year, I mean, no masks, like Thomas and Mac will be right. bumping. So <laughs> I'm excited for it. You know, it's funny. I remember a, a tournament that was, uh, it wasn't at the Thomas and Mac. I think it was at Gorman. It was AAU. My son was playing it and he was playing the very last game of the whole tournament. And we were there. It was like nine o'clock at night and there was nobody there. We were all exhausted watching him play and he's playing. <laughs> and that that's what I picture the Thomas and Mac during COVID. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody there. <laughs> it's kind of sleepy basketball, like you said, just kind of scrimmage like, oh man, that, that Paloma, you want to talk about dragon? I couldn't wait till it says zero 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 on the clock. I was like, I am ready to get the hell out of here. This is taking too long. But uh-oh. yeah, that's how it was all last year. I mean, it was just weird, sad. Uh, you could feel the energy just kind of like sucked out of the building. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to have fans back. Happy to have the community back in there. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Talking again with Paloma Villacana here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Rebels. Their football schedule came out today. I didn't know that Notre Dame was on the schedule, but Notre Dame is on the schedule. A trip to Hawaii is on the schedule, so I'm sure you're going to be loving that. But what do you think of just, I mean, it's an early look, but when you look at that schedule, what do you think? I'm excited. They got Cal. Uh, you know, they got, they got Notre Dame. I've never been out there. Nice. So that, that's, that's a bucket list for sure. Um, they're going to play at San Diego State. They're going to play, you know, at Hawaii. Um, you know, the, the Wolf Pack, they're here in town. So, um, it's, it's, it's a tough schedule. Yeah. I mean, Kel and, 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 you know, it's a tough schedule for, for real. So, um, but you know what? I've been following the, the uh the football team on on social media and kind of just seeing how their off season program with Coach File it looks like it's been turned up a whole other notch. Like it just looks like you know Coach Arroyo is finally kind of feeling comfortable in his program. Mm-hmm. You know he started he started his career off uh, with with no off season program, no spring ball, no fall camp, nothing. You know he was just thrown into the fire. And they put that six game season together. Uh, so now, when I what I see and what I'm seeing over at the Fertitta Football Complex is, I think they're they're starting to find their their groove. Like I think he can finally feel comfortable with their second off season. Coach File, the guys in the weight room, all the transfers he got from the SEC, ACC, um, the Big Ten, you know. So, so I, I, you know, I'm I'm hopeful. Like I want to see UNLV football win more games for sure. Right, no doubt. And you know, I was on uh, Radio Row last week in LA, and I, I talked to James Jones from uh, NFL Network. You know, played with the Raiders, played in the league for a mm-hmm. very long time, and he swore by it. He said, "Hey, Coach Royal is a guy that that players want to play for. He's a he's a hell of a coach. They're going to be all right. He had the the Rebel hats there on Radio Row with them, so he was." He was representing UNLV. <laughs> I thought that, that was really cool. But uh, I'm hearing that a lot, that Coach Arroyo, yeah. even though the success hasn't been there yet, he's a yeah. guy that a lot of players want to play for. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he doesn't stop working. Like, his his truck is at the Fertitta Football Complex 365. Nice. 365. And, you know, a, any conversation I've had with, with Coach Arroyo, I mean, he's just working. Sleeves up, working trying his best to get the best players over to UNLV. And he's proved that with back-to-back Mountain West Freshman of the Year with Kyle Williams and Cam Friel. You know, it's going to be an awesome spring ball. I can't wait to see the new talent he's brought in, the quarterback from Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I'm just I'm, I'm excited to see what's cooking with the UNLV football. All right, Paloma, I'm willing to say at least eight wins. Seven or eight oh. wins. Wow. Are you, are you oh. going to stand by me when I say this for the UNLV football team? I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, Notre oh. Dame, Cal might be tough. Might be I, tough? Might be. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yo. We got to see what Notre Dame's going to do with that new coach. <laughs> 
prove it to me. Hey. I haven't seen him coach against anybody. Marcus Freeman's a That's dog. True. He's a dog, That's dude. <laughs> he, he can be a Yo. dog. We ain't got no dogs. <laughs> hey, you know what? Demon, Demon called the 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 uh, Colorado State win. So, like, if we see UNLV football win eight games, like. Well, you know who said it first? Oh, uh, Paloma. I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. You know, I mean, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nah. I'm you gonna, put you your... know what? It's February 16th. I'm gonna be like, all right, on February 16th. You know. Yeah, we heard it. You said eight wins, Demon. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Okay, eight that's, wins, that's that's bro. bowl eligible. Whoa. Six is bowl eligible. So basically, let's put it like this. Let me let me let me bring it down a little bit for you to make it a little bit easier. <laughs> You're saying that they're gonna be bowl eligible this year. You know if he's going to a bowl game. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, six yeah, wins. I'm, six I wins. You're more eligible. Okay. I respect Put that. Put my name on it. Stamp it on my forehead. Oh, we will. Your, your forehead is small, and I'm glad your name only has a couple letters because you ain't got much room <laughs> for your name, but we got you. All right, Paloma, before we let you go, before we get, we have all this foolishness going, I did want to ask yeah. you about something serious. You, you had a really, really good piece that you did. Human interest stories really intrigued me. I love human interest yeah. stories. Yeah. And you did one with Reese Brown and uh, about his mother mm-hmm. and everything and, and all the uh, challenges that they were facing. Just talk to us about that mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, you know, Reese Brown is, is kind of a quiet guy. You know, he's a sophomore. He, he's kind of quiet, pretty young, right? Always does what he's asked, pretty low-key, you know, smiling. Great kid, great kid. Well, when I sat down with him, I had no idea that his mom had just passed away from lung cancer, that he had to deal his whole freshman year at UNLV during a COVID season while his mom was in New York battling for her life with Mm. lung cancer. And, you know, he told me that because of COVID and because of the pandemic and everything, he wasn't able to see his mom that much when when she was battling cancer. So here I am sitting down, you know, we're talking about the season, we're talking about games, we're talking about basketball. And I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like, whoa, you know, so um, he tells me, you know, he wakes up every day and he's incredibly thankful and he has a really positive attitude, positive, positive guy, always smiling, you know, just really incredibly thankful, never takes a day for granted. So I'm just sitting here like, man, you know, like these kids are, are great. You never know what someone's going through when they come out on the court and, mm-hmm. you know, they're giving it their all and they're fighting and, you know, he's dealing with this, living on the other side of the country. His mom and his family were, were living in New York. And I'm just like, man, like, what, yeah. a, what an inspiration, you know, all, all the problems we have throughout our day and, you know, what we're going through. Just, you know, it just reminded me to be thankful, be present, uh, you know, you know, be thankful for everything you got and, and the blessings throughout your day. Right. No, you're right. And, and that must have been very difficult on that young man. And uh, he did the best job he could, obviously. And it just kind of shows you that, you know, resiliency is something. And, and, and people, some people are, are using it and have resiliency. And we don't even know. Like you said, you had no idea until you started hearing the story and everything. It's like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. eye opening. So uh, hats off to Reese. Uh, does a heck of a job on the on the UNLV basketball uh, court, but obviously does a heck of a job off the court as well, being a, a humble young man trying to, you know, deal with everything that was going on uh, in his family's life and everything and lives. And so uh, that, that was big. And, and that was a hell of a piece that you put out there as well. So I, I want to commend you. you for that. So thank you. Yeah, it was a good piece. I mean, all these guys, all these, all these guys are great kids, great stories. You know, they come from Hong Kong and Nigeria and Texas and, you know, all over. I was talking to coach that, you know, 
there's only like one guy from Vegas on his team. <laughs> All these guys have stories of, you know, international players coming into his program. So awesome. Awesome team. I'm, I'm super blessed, super thankful to, to roll with the running rebels. Yeah, well, you're going to roll up to the Save Mart Center tonight and uh, check out Woo-hoo! that game, game <laughs> UNLV and Fresno State. Uh, what you got coming out on the Rev Zone before we let you go? Yeah, so I'm actually doing a cool piece on on UNLV's like social media guys. Uh, their name is Matt and Ricky, and they've worked so hard working behind the scenes, like putting out the Run and Rebel social media. They do UNLV football social media. So I'm kind of doing a fun piece on on how they created you know, a viral TikTok social media account for the Run and Rebels. And, you know, we, we work hard behind the scenes for real. We work hard behind the scenes. <laughs> right. So I got to give them some love and just kind of pick their ba- pick their brain on, you know, how creative they are when they're out doing their shoots and, you know, what kind of images and shots they're getting and, you know, what they're posting on social media. So, um, yeah, kind of a fun piece coming out this Sunday on the Rev Zone. Nice. Well, make sure to check it out. I like to check in uh, with them every single week to see what you got going on. You always do a great job, never disappoint. So, Paloma, keep up the good work. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We appreciate you as always. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, there she goes, Paloma Villacana. I'm telling you right now, if you have not checked out that piece uh, on uh, Reese Brown and his mom, I mean, that's, that's something. Think about, just think about yourself as we take a break. Think about yourself being a freshman dealing with your mom dealing with lung cancer, knowing that she's basically dying and you're across the country. Just think about that. Think about that when you're mad at someone and you don't want to call them. You don't want to call them just because, well, I'm mad. I'll wait for them to call me. Nah, man. It's not worth it. 348 is the time. We come back. We'll close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left of today's show, then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignoro. Go one hour long, one hour strong in the huddle, then pass the sticks on to the the Madden tribute that was uh, on on full display on NFL Network on Monday at the Oakland Coliseum. I saw Just Win Wendy. She was there. Just uh, Actually, Lucille was there as well. I didn't see her. But uh, Fabian sent us a, a a picture of Lucille there representing. Lucille wasn't representing with her Lucille here. I think that she was out there looking for something. She was looking for a little something, something. She was out there. You know what I mean? Nah. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. She'd be out there putting in that work. You know what I mean? She'd be out there looking for a little something, something. I ain't mad at her. You got to do what you got to do, right? You, you said, nah, I mean, with a little something in your neck there. I know. I know that's exactly how I meant it too. <laughs> you know, sometimes you say something without saying something, if you know what I mean. <laughs> how about this? Got this tweet. Raider Nation, Q, I have a true question that no one is discussing. Is Foster Moreau our option in a in a two tight end set? And should we look elsewhere and who? Me personally, I think this question is I think this question is one of those that is guess your flavor or whatever you decide. Because me personally, I think that he's a good number two tight end. I think he's a good number two tight end. But a lot of Raider Nation is, has soured on Foster Moreau. So they put the ball on the ground too much. Can't block. I get it. Not a great blocker. I think that he, when he's not target number one, I think he does a good job. But that's just me. That's just me. So I'll bring in Vinny Bonsignor, who's coming up in the huddle next. He's here in studio with us. And he knows the X's and O's. And, he, you know, we had a good discussion with Ted Nguyen earlier today about the, the Raiders offense and, and what – we could somewhat start to expect given the personnel and given Josh McDaniels, but 
What what are your thoughts on just Foster and and, and the way he played? Uh, he was forced into the main role a couple times this uh, this season, but what or this past season? What what do you think about Foster? Definitely needs to work on the blocking. Right, he got exposed uh, at times, and it was a deficiency. That's why they had to. Uh, do some things that they had to do um, to to really protect him, uh, and and you know Lincoln talked a lot about that. So that is a part of the game that he needs to to work on uh, as a number one tight end throwing option. Not quite sure. Not not really the guy. Yeah, but if the, as a number two option, if him and Waller should out work. there at the same time, it should work, right? It, it definitely should work, and I'm 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 interested because you know when you watch the uh, Patriots over the years, they're they're so flexible and so adaptable and so multiple. Uh, and have done it with so many different personnel groupings that you figure, right, that they should be able to to increase his role somehow, some way, or put him in better spots to succeed and maybe even get a little few more targets um, because I think he's capable of doing it. Right. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Good answer. Vinny Bonsignor is on deck. He's up next. Uh, he's going to hold it down 4 to 5 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.